Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennium Money Professional. My name's Dev Raga, and this is part two with an interview with Captain Phi. Welcome, Captain. Good idea. Thanks for having me on again. Now, in this episode, we're going to go into the money side of things. In the previous episode, if you're new to this channel, we took a look at Captain's early life, training to become a pilot, and we talked a little bit about how much pilots earn and some of the good and bad things about being a pilot. Captain is a commercial pilot that flew mainly cargo airplanes uh, locally and internationally. So let's get started. Now, I want to learn a little bit about Captain as an investor. Uh, what do you invest in and what's made you invest uh, your money in those things? No worries, man. So, the bulk of my investments are just in boring index funds. So, like most people, um, I probably you know started my investment journey um, thinking, oh, what can I do to maximize my returns? How can I make the most money in the shortest amount of time? Um, and, you know, like most people, probably learned the hard lesson that... Um, you know, there is no get-rich-quick scheme. You can't successfully predict the stock market and uh, and day trade and make a lot of money. So, I started out with some uh, individual shares, um, and I, you know, I, I have since sold those individual shares, uh, and I moved into listed investment companies and exchange-traded funds. Um, and over time, I've basically come to to realize that for me, for the type of investor that I am, um, for what I want, index fund exchange-traded funds uh, are my gem. So I have a portfolio which is a mixture of three different index funds. Um, so I have Australian exposure uh, from the BetaShares A200 ETF, uh, international exposure through the Vanguard BTS, which is the United States index fund, and uh, global exposure away from the US through the VEU, just the total world minus um, US Basically, really boring. Um, so I just basically had an auto invest. Um, I used a, a brokerage uh, tool called Perla uh, and just set up my, my auto invest. And so they would just each uh, each month that would buy um, whichever was the lowest amount according to my splits. Um, and uh, my splits were I think I had fifty percent US, twenty five percent Australian, twenty five percent global. So not very exciting, but it's worked for me. And I assume you also. I mean, do you have? property and super as well or are you counting all of this within super yeah no so that's that's all just like brokerage uh commercial brokerage outside super um so inside my super i actually very fortunate to have an annuity or wasn't called a defined benefit superannuation scheme um so that's part of my retirement income planning so i basically get paid a percentage of my salary um when i'm eligible to receive that um and actually talked a bit about that on my transition to retirement blog post if anyone's interested so that's i basically don't really consider my super as part of my what i can access now for like quote-unquote fire um because that's yep. you know it is it is um considered part of the net wealth um because it is going to be part of the retirement like an early a normal retirement is part of an early retirement because you know you don't suddenly die when you reach um 
mm. preservation age. Um, so that's definitely something that people should be including in part of their plan. But yeah, so um, they, those are my, that's my superannuation and uh, my my shares, my brokerage um, portfolio. Otherwise, um, I do have uh, investment property duplex, uh, it's in a um, major regional uh, center on the east coast of Australia. Um, probably giving giving it away. <laughs> um, and that was a, a property development, a very small residential property development that I did with a, a close friend. It was very stressful. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was very lucky that uh, my friend was educated. Uh, I basically supplied some cash and took on some of the risk and uh, and, and they did all the work. Um, right. And okay. basically left us with a, a neutrally geared um, property, um, probably valuation Somewhere between six fifty and seven fifty. Um, well, I said neutrally geared at the moment, which is great. Um, and yeah, just I'm just paying off the loan. I think I owe five fifty on that, but I do have some cash in an in an offset account. Um, it's a bit. It gets a bit complex. I'm, I'm in the process of. Um, I want to buy a, a hobby farm, like an acreage. Um, ideally, either here in the Adelaide Hills, or, or you know, we're actually starting to look interstate now um, after my mum's passed. But yeah, so. There's that property. Um, and then the third main store of wealth, which I have, which is a bit unique and a lot of people don't really um, don't really know or talk about this, is it's my, my business, my online business. I, I have a portfolio of content websites. Um, so obviously I blog and podcast on, on captainfire.com, uh, but I also actually have 16 other websites at the moment. And um, they're just a very simple business model. Um, content is produced uh, and advertising space is sold. And they make money from that. And that's mainly automated, is it? I mean, uh, is there much manual handling of those external, uh, those 16 websites? Yeah, so in the early days, 100%, I was doing everything myself, trying to bootstrap. Um, and it was kind of before I'd got on board with my, my current business mentor, Matt Rad. Um, and one of the things that he's sort of beat me over the head until I accepted and did it was um, outsourcing <laughs> and automation. Mm. Um, and so by um, actually getting a VA and um, getting a, a team of writers and editors, I was basically able to, to outsource that and so we kind of call it semi-passive it's not really passive because you do still need to do the management sort of quote-unquote ceo stuff um but for the most part it's ticking along in the background um obviously my you know captain fire and my aviation site um i love those two sites um, they're my oldest sites and they're the ones i I write a lot on because they're my passion passion projects. Mm. It's something I enjoy okay. enjoy doing. Um, so yeah, I don't really consider it um, work. Um, I also have some smaller sort of satellite investments if you want to use the cool cool lingo, um, and that is um, uh, I guess private equity or angel investing. Um, so I uh, invested in the startup Perla, which is the brokerage um, mm -hmm. platform that I use. Um, I spoke about earlier. Yeah, uh, met up with them um, and had a, had a chat to them. Um, they were really good bunch of guys and girls, and um, yeah, they offered to. I did some work with them, and they offered to basically um, pay that instead of paying money. They offered to pay equity, uh, and so I took an equity deal. It's not. It was not a lot. It was ten, about ten thousand um, dollars. Mm -hmm. But yeah, obviously that'll grow as the the business grows and gets high valuation. Uh, and then the last one, it's kind of, you know, it was really hot and cool, uh, you know, a year or two ago. Um, it's not so not, not so impressive these days. And that's uh, crypto, cryptocurrency investing. So I have a small, mm. um, yeah, it's like 5,000 bucks worth of uh, Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. So Right. Okay. So you're pretty, you're pretty well diversified. I mean, out of the 100%, I mean, presumably, um, you know, most of your investments are on traditional 
uh, assets like index funds and LICs and uh, and superannuation. And I trust you don't have an SMSF or uh, a trust structure and all that sort of stuff for your super, I would have thought. It's just, you know, plain old vanilla stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very simple. Nothing super exciting. Um, majority, you know, uh, nearly a million in um, index funds. Um, yeah, so about 650, 700 in uh, residential property. Um, obviously, I do have a small mortgage on that. Um, and yeah, websites. Um, the crypto, like I said, is very, very small percentage. Um, no, it wouldn't touch an SMSF with a pole. I think a t- traditional like industry super fund um, and you can either use, if it's an accumulation style, using an index fund within that is probably going to suit the majority of people. I mean, obviously not, not financial advice, right? Go, go and get professional advice if you, if you, mm. you need it. Um, but, you know, if, if you can get a defined benefit scheme or an annuity, um, even with some of the outrageous fees that are being charged for, for um, defined benefit schemes, they're worth their bloody weight in gold. Um, so... Mm. And so at the moment then, Captain, are you renting? So you don't debt recycle, you don't have a principal place of residence that you um, they have a mortgage on? No, no. So yeah, actually, I when I moved back to um, Adelaide, I, I rented a nice penthouse, um, which was <laughs> not that much different to what I was paying for a one-bedroom place in Sydney. And uh, But, yeah, unfortunately with my mum's health, when, her, when my mum's health declined, I, I did move in with her Um was living with her for about three months until she passed away. Um, and then, yeah, went traveling, um, basically just came back only a, a couple of months ago. And yeah, rather than rush into to buying a place, um, we're just renting a, a place here in the, in the Adelaide foothills. Um, it's, you know, really nice small place. It's more than enough for us. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're looking to, to buy probably in the not too distant future so that's why i'm right. starting to accumulate a bit of cash in the offset and um mm. the mortgage broker is quite helpful in doing a, a cash out refi um so we actually have another second loan so we split the loan and uh, that's just sitting the, the money from that second loan is just sitting in the offset so potential for a bit of dry powder um so actually at the moment i'm not doing any regular investing obviously i don't have that juicy <laughs> juicy paychecks coming in um but still receiving income from you know things like dividends um if i can take some money out of the the company uh, i will and you know can't resist uh, flipping every now and then selling some plants or or something yeah. i can find but yeah so really just accumulating a bit of cash now for the for the, the PPOR, but I guess fortunate in that all of my debt at the moment because it is on an investment property is tax deductible debt. So Deductible debt, yeah. Okay, interesting. Now, uh, two personal questions and tell me to bugger off uh, if you're not happy to answer them. Um, net worth, we're looking at about between sort of two and three mil. Would I be on the ballpark figure? Uh, yeah, probably closer to two. Um, I think mm-hmm. probably just, just over two. Okay. And age? Oh, I'm, yeah, 32. 32. Okay. So, you know, that's pretty significant. I think for the average person listening to this, uh, you know, most 32-year-olds don't have a net worth of around $2 million. So then is that your FI number? Is that why you've partially retired? Because you've sort of gone, I'm happy with two mil. I mean, you've got another, you know, 30 plus years of uh, work life ahead of you. So what sort of income do you want to generate 
to be happy in life moving forward on a yearly basis? Because this is something that I ask a lot of people and and I speak to a lot of doctors about this. Uh, They always say, you know, I want to retire, I want to do this. I always say, how much money do you think you need to retire on? 99% of the time, the answer is not really sure. So what's your yearly income that you're going to be drawing out of all this? Yeah. So look, I um, I modelled like my fire um, scenarios on um, on basically one, which is being single, uh, called single fire, <laughs> and two on having family, family fire, which, you know, basically lean fire and, and fat fire, the, mm-hmm. the conventional names. Um, and my single fire number was originally 2200 a month. Uh, which is a pretty modest lifestyle, just in a in a unit or a shared living arrangement. Um, but actually, yeah, I recently looked into it, and um, with the cost of living pressures, that's closer to twenty six, twenty seven hundred um, dollars a month. Now, I'm I guess pretty fortunate in that you know I've got um, a pretty healthy share portfolio. Yeah, and off share site, it's telling me um, you know nearly around four percent historical uh, 4% dividends. So, you know, the, you go with the um, the 4% rule, there you go. You just got the dividends and that and that covers that cost of living. So, the, you know, around um, that that lean fire number um, quite easily. But, yeah, when I have kids, um, it's probably not, not enough to live on to provide the whole family. So um, I sort of estimated that with you know a larger family, um, the family income would need you know around about five to six thousand dollars per month, um, or you know around that seventy to eighty thousand dollars salary figure. However, I guess I'm fortunate in that I can actually sell down parcels of shares, so it's not you're not just able to take um, dividends when you're harvesting a portfolio. Uh, and mm. I guess it comes down to this debate about um, portfolio asset structuring and what is a safe withdrawal rate. There's some amazing calculators. Um, in fact, there's one, oh, I forget the name of the person who published it, but if you just, if you just Google um, rich, broke, or dead, um, it's a, it's a, I think it's engagingdata.com. Um, it's a, an amazing tool where you can chuck in like your expenses, your portfolio, factors such as your flex rate. So if you ever do mm. decide to, you know, tighten your belt, you know, what would trigger that? Um, when you're going to be able to get some additional income, that kind of stuff. Um, and you can get a really awesome graphic representation of what your portfolio is going to do between now and when you die. And what I love about it is it actually includes a mortality curve. So, and that's mm. very sobering because, you know, when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to die, but it's actually, it's it's likely that I'm going to die, but my portfolio is going to 5X by the time I die. So I'm going to die mm. with $10 million. Um, do I, maybe I can withdraw more, you know, maybe mm. I don't have to be as conservative. So, yeah, so I've actually, I've looked at scenarios where I can actually like sell down parcel, parcels of shares, um, you know, over say a two decade period of having kids. Right. You know, other things to consider is um, as the investment property uh, grows uh, in value and rents increase, um, it just becomes more and more cash um, flow positive over time. I actually am paying down the, the mortgage on that. So there's um, additional stream of revenue from uh, the rental property. Um, and also as the business grows, um, you know, at the moment, I'm obviously really in reinvesting everything into our content and uh, VAs and staff to sort of grow the, the websites. Um, but again, there will come a time when I don't need to invest money in that and, uh, you know, be able to look at actually taking some um, director payments or distributions myself. 
Um, and of course, my partner. Uh, she um, yeah, she works in the medical profession, and um, you know her her income and paid parental leave for us both. You know, I think we're going to have more more than enough uh, money than than we'll need. Um, I think you know conventional like wisdom is that you know you'll need seventy five percent of your working salary or something. Um, and then the reality is like. That is a lot of money. Um, most people are wanting new cars. They live in far too much house. You know, they eat out so frequently. Uh, that's what people want to do. And that's what makes them happy and go for it. But I think life is all about priorities. And if your priority is like financial freedom and your priority is your time, maybe you need to scale, look at considering where you can scale back some of those expenses. Um, I certainly don't think that I go without anything. I drive a 17-year-old car and it's bloody brilliant i certainly don't feel the need to go out and spend seventy five thousand dollars on a bloody mustang or something something silly like that um you know so i really think that the numbers that get bandied around about how much money you need to have a comfortable or safe retirement i think it's probably a huge over exaggeration Mm. that's interesting we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll finish up with captain fi I want to pick his brain about some of the things he's already talked about, particularly the 4% withdrawal rate. So we'll be right back after this break. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, welcome back. Now, you did mention before the break about that sort of safe withdrawal rate. Are you sort of going for that 4% withdrawal rate, which is, you know, the obvious quote that people say? Um, or are you going for a 3.5% or you're going for a 5% withdrawal rate? Um, have you sort of thought about that? I, I know you did mention about your expenses and how much you're going to need about sort of seventy to eighty thousand dollars per year. Yeah, ab- absolutely, Dev. Um, and I actually went through one of the models where I was actually using a seven percent withdrawal rate, um, planning for a portfolio to last me twenty years. Now, I'd originally planned that I would sell down my shares from my brokerage account um, from when I was from basically you know, now semi-retirement um, until I was going to be able to access my defined benefit scheme. Um, Actually, as it's turned out, um, I'm actually getting more than enough uh, income through a combination of um, dividends and basically working part-time my business where I haven't actually needed to start drawing down 
that income yet. Um, I guess in terms of the household, I've also met uh, my partner who, um, like yourself, she, uh, she works in the medical industry um, and she's post-grad educated with, um, you know, commanding quite a good salary. Um, while she doesn't plan to, you know, work full-time her whole life, maybe she'll consider working um, part-time. Between us, we've got more than enough money um to, to cover our lifestyle costs and still be able to invest. So at the moment, like I said, we're not continuing to invest. I mean, obviously, we're, um, she's contributing to her super and she's um, contributing to her brokerage platform, uh, but I am saving up cash for this uh, property for our, uh, our home. Right, okay. And is she as aggressive as you in terms of savings rate? Uh, you know, is she saving like sort of that 50 to 60, 70% of her income as well? Or uh, are you no, sort of no. utilising most of your net worth to pay for the expenses uh, as a family now? No, well, basically we cover expenses. Now, some people might, you know, get the knickers and not over this. But the way we do it is we just split everything 50-50. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, she she works, she gets her wage. Um we obviously have very low expenses because we just rent a small home. Um, we, you know, we actually do allocate money. We started moving um, two hundred bucks a week into a you know a joint account for going out only. You know, so we we're saying okay, that's the money we're going to definitely leave the house and spend spend on movies and dinners and shows and things. But predominantly, um, the money that we're splitting for um, household bills, rent, that kind of stuff, um, half comes from her income from her job, and half comes from you know my cash in my cash okay, accounts. Okay, cool. Um, now, do you find it ironic that for someone who's financially independent, and by all means, I think you are, and you're sort of kind of retired already from your usual profession, you're still working possibly as hard as any retired person is. I mean, you're still building websites, you're maintaining them, I mean, as much as you can. Um, I, it, it, In my experience, when I talk to people that are financially independent or very near financial independence, almost never do they like the RE part, the retire early part. It's almost always FI. That's a sort of the predominant sort of theme. No one wants to retire completely early, including me. Like, I'm not going to retire early. I'm going to achieve financial independence and I'm going to chill. Um, and that seems to be the theme of FIRE. Um, and I always find that ironic because the whole point of it is to retire early, but it's kind of not, is it? So do you see that irony? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, um, you know, there's a bit of a dogma it's in the FIRE community, you know, work, 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 sacrifice, 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 high savings rates, and then nothing. It's no. like, no, you're not going to sit on a beach and sit pentacliders for the, for the rest of your life. Um, you know, when I when I left my job, I basically started a full-time unpaid role as, you know, palliative carer for my mum. And that was, and that was hard work. Uh, and, you know, after she passed, um, you know, we spent a few months, my partner and I spent a few months traveling and we sort of come back and I, I don't know, I might, I might say, um, no, I'm not really working as, as hard as ever before because, you know, some days I would work 20 hours. I mean, obviously you have flight crew duty limits and you, you can have a rest and you, they don't expect you to work, you know, back-to-back 20-hour shifts or anything. Um, but I worked incredibly hard in my, in my job and I studied incredibly hard and there's, there's no way I'm at that level, um, that level of output at the moment. Look, another thing to consider is, I guess, I was 
also loading myself up by doing these side hustles, learning about investing, um, podcasting, writing, building websites, because that was all, I guess, part of my, my fire plan, you know, to build financial safety so that I could feel safe and feel in control. And it's been a very big change now. Um, you know, at the moment, I can basically you know, work on passion projects around my schedule. Um, look, some days, yeah, some days I do. Um, I do put in some some hard hours. Um, you know, I really enjoy writing, but you know, it's one thing to you know be sitting on the couch typing onto a phone, or you know, be sitting here in my big comfy leather chair chatting chat to you. Um, I, I have, I've got a beer here, by the way. <laughs> you, can, well, you can't see me because I've, I've got a camera. But anyway, cheers. Um, Absolutely, it's, really important. Yeah, it's one thing to be able to do that um, but compared to, you know, like 2 a.m. Uh, approach into, you know, some country in the tropics with, you know, fog or tropical thunderstorms or something. So I, it's, it's hard, it's really hard to um, relate and the workload to what I'm doing now to what I was doing previously. Um I think as well, like, you know, working on, on your passion projects, um, working on things like the garden, um, working in community gardens, you know, traveling, he- helping other people, it's a very different motivation than I had as an employee trying to basically climb a ladder um, and get paid more. Yeah, no, well said. I think the majority of people that are seeking financial independence, what they're really seeking is options and they're seeking security and safety. Um they're not really seeking to let go of their entire work life. Um, they are seeking some security. And it just means that they've got options now to work part-time. They've got options to work uh, full-time if they want to. They've got options to do other stuff, passion projects, and you know, really follow their, I suppose, their dreams. And uh, for most, you know, dare I say, for most doctors, it would be a bit weird and unreasonable to do med school and then do your training and then retire at the age of 40 um, completely. I'm yet to meet someone like that nine times out of 10. Most of the people that I've met in their sort of late 30s, early 40s and 50s who are financially independent, certainly in the healthcare industry, are very comfortable. They earn a lot of money, but they just work because you know they, they just like the routine. They like the work. They like treating patients. Um, but they also enjoy the freedom of options and freedom of safety and security when it comes to their finances and being able to, you know, travel and take time off without having to think twice about it, which is which is really what we're all sort of after. Now, you've got the ears of thousands of people listening, mostly healthcare workers, but now we're expanding. That's why we've changed the name from My Millennium Medical to My Millennium Professional. And on average, most of the listeners to my channel have above average incomes. But a lot of them do struggle with personal finances and they find it complex, they find it time consuming. So what would be your advice to those people that are listening? Um, And what are some of the things you think that we can all learn from your experience as someone who's partially retired uh, and someone who's in the airline industry or was in the airline industry? Yeah. So look, I would say, um, first of all, you've worked incredibly hard to, to get where you are. Um, so you're in an incredibly blessed position, very privileged to have, you know, such a, a powerful income shovel, sometimes we call it. Um, use this to your advantage. Use it to the advantage of your family, your friends and the community. You, you can really be such a positive influence to those in your life just by making a, a few small, sensible decisions, you know, namely to live below your means and consistently invest the difference. Um, 
personal finance is not rocket surgery. It's not brain science. Uh, it doesn't require medical school level intellect. You know, I'm, I'm sure most of you probably read and to throw out sort of a risky, risky analogy from uh, from Robert Kiyosaki, who sometimes is the person who should not be named. Um, <laughs> yeah, he says, don't be that highly educated poor dad. Yeah, so mm. so so really just basics, follow the basics. Live below your means and invest the difference. Um, the second one I say is don't burn out. You've got to put yourself first, um, and that means prioritizing your time uh, and your physical and mental health. And this is something that I probably learned the hard way because I definitely loaded myself up and, um, and burnt myself out. You know, for example, if you're a doctor, you're a professional, probably don't need to be spending, you know, your valuable time uh, running multiple side hustles and doing online surveys to try and earn an extra 50 bucks a day when maybe you could get a way higher return on investment with your specialty, you know, maybe several hundred dollars per day seeing an extra patient or two. Um, I think everyone should strive to maintain a, a reasonable and sustainable work-life balance, you know, and particularly as a doctor, you probably have a, you know, a, a duty of care to be mentally rested enough to provide, you know, an adequate level of care to your patients. You know, if you're burnt out and tired, are you, are you really going to be paying attention to what your patient's telling you? Are you going to be able to make good decisions or based on their welfare, you know? Um, and that that's no different to the very strict um, crew rest cycle requirements we had, you know, flying a $200 million plane. Hmm. Um, and probably the last thing I'd say is something that um, affected me is, you know, pay particular attention to sort of symptoms of deteriorating mental health and toxic workplaces. So I think often like obsessing about fire, daydreaming about fire and early retirement can be a bit of a coping mechanism and symptom of a, either a poor work-life balance, stress, maybe work-life bullying, or just something sort of not going right in your life. So, you know, don't put up with any unacceptable behavior in the workplace. Um, it was often said that the standard you walk past is the standard you set. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, you've got a duty of care under um, – under OHNS legislation to provide a work a safe work environment um, for your colleagues and for your subordinates, and um, you know having friends in the medical industry, and I know that hospitals and medical centres can be insidiously difficult workplaces just by the nature of the work, shift work, uh, egos, that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, just that's what I was saying is pay particular attention to um, to workplaces and uh, making sure that you know acceptable behaviour. Uh, standards are met so they're my, they're my three tips so I'll, I'll jump off my soapbox now Dev thanks very much <laughs> thank you very much I think that's well said I think you're right I mean never lose sight of what you have and some of the things that you know you've taken for granted and I'm currently taking for granted and people that are listening are taking for granted um, and certainly never lose sight of that because I always say that um, very happy very privileged to be uh, in my position but all of this is meaningless if I didn't have the people around me to share it with. So I think that's really, really important. So well said. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much. This is the end of part two. We're fascinating, fascinating discussion uh, with Captain Fire. So really appreciate your time and really appreciate you coming on the channel and coming on the episode. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom when it comes to uh, the airline industry, but also your personal finances. And you've been very frank and open about some of the figures. So really appreciate your time, Captain. Thank you. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Dev. And I'll tell you what, if I'm ever in Melbourne, I'm going to hitch up because I want to ride in your Tesla. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, trying very hard not to lose my license. That's, that's one of the bad things about driving an EV because they're relatively quick. 
Now, if you have any questions or comments, particularly about this episode or any of the episodes, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or on Facebook. And if you have a review, uh, I really appreciate people leaving five-star ratings and five-star reviews uh, on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform that you may be using. Even better, just leave it on all of the platforms. Uh, That's even better because I put a lot of thought and effort into these episodes. As always, thank you very much for listening. And my name is Dev Rago. This is my Melanie Money Professional. And until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.